Aloha, everyone, and welcome to New Earth for Everyday People. My name is Julie Suen, your host. Today, in episode three of the series, I'd like to dive into two important subjects your soul's number one purpose and how to create without reservations, New Earth style. Before we get started, I'd like to lead us through a very simple mantra exercise. We start by just taking a deep breath. And relax. And we're going to cite a mantra together. It goes like this With every breath I take, I am already living my soul's purpose. Again, with every breath I take, I am already living my soul's purpose. Alrighty, let's begin. The reason why we started with today's mantra is because I genuinely believe that we are already living our soul's purpose by virtue of being here. We are living in a new era of upgraded consciousness for our planet and humanity, which we're calling the new earth. A soul being here on this planet during this special transition has a special purpose. Now, whether or not you are embodying it, well, that's a separate question. Going back to our subject, what is our soul's purpose here? Some people call this our life purpose and others maybe our spiritual mission. Some even call this maybe the starseed mission. And for many people, this question is like the Holy Grail. Many spiritual seekers begin their spiritual path looking for the answer. A few years ago, I started practicing quantum hypnosis. And this is a practice where I would bring people into their past lives or into a transitional point in between their multiple lifetimes. This is called the in between lives. What happens during this transitional time is your higher guides would appear, your higher self may appear, and you kind of do this life review where you look back at the previous lifetime and we talk about whether you have accomplished your mission there. And then your guides and you will discuss what you are going to be accomplishing in the future lifetime. The people who sought me out to do this kind of work, all of them had one question in common. And it is, what is my soul's purpose? What am I to do here? I don't do this practice anymore, but I found it very interesting and I learned a lot about our souls. In this very big question, the first thing that I want to point out is I've come to realize it is not something that we find, it is not something that we look for. I know this is contrary to perhaps many resources out there, but I'm sticking by this. I believe we've come to realize. What our soul's purpose is over time. The second thing I want to know is anything that we associate with our soul's purpose in terms of something that's been created as a mental construct or some kind of tradition, we may not want to continue to listen to those things anymore because they may create limitations on what we believe we are able to do. Some of these classical examples of outdated constructs. Are how our career is our soul's purpose. Or if something is our soul's purpose, it has to make us money. 
And now, what our soul's number one purpose is. I say it's to create. Creation. That's our life's purpose. That's our soul's purpose. Everything we do on a daily basis, be it a thought, an emotion, a heartbeat, even a breath, you are creating something here. And sometimes I can see this when I see somebody having a strong emotion or kind of stuck in a mental pattern. I sometimes see geometric shapes in their energetic fields. Everything we do, even a thought, it creates something into the collective field. I believe that it is by creation that our souls come to realize who we are. And that's why it's our soul's purpose. We also, by creation, learn more about who we really are as a soul being, not just this walking, talking human body that has to wake up to the alarm, go to work, eat meals, plan for our marriage, plan to have children, save up for retirement, etc., etc. It goes beyond this human survival construct that we have created for ourselves. So creation in this sense is not just referring to artistic endeavors, painting a picture or creating a pottery or anything like that. Anything and everything we do, if we have put some kind of life force behind it, is already a creation. So naturally, that leads us to the next big question. What are we here individually to create? Because that's really what people are asking when they're asking for their soul's purpose. What are they to do with their life force while they're living here? For me, my first spark of realizing what I'm here to create was probably around 2009 or 2010. At that time, I was a fresh graduate from law school and I was working as a junior lawyer at a law firm practicing insurance law. Sounds exciting, right? So what my job really involved was quantifying. I had to come up with a number that would compensate somebody if, for example, they died in an accident or got seriously injured in an accident. And a part of me felt like during that time, in order to perform my job adequately, I had to detach from my heart and my soul a little bit. I started just seeing these people who started these lawsuits. I saw them as case numbers. I saw them as a file. It wasn't my dream job and it's still not my dream job to this day. What I noticed while I was working in the capacity is this sense of detachment and it arises in a way that something here just doesn't make sense, that it just doesn't fit this bigger picture. Where did these numbers come from anyways? How do you assess how much somebody's life is worth? Really, a life can't be mm, summed up in, in a number and especially not in monetary terms. So I already was feeling all of these things at the time. I would like to say that I'm really glad that I experienced that because I 
had the opportunity to see what it's like to be detached from my heart and my soul so that I can go to the opposite end of that. And that taught me how to connect. So I guess at this stage of my life, I was just starting to wake up because that's when I felt like, well, wait a minute, something doesn't really connect here. It doesn't make sense in this bigger picture. And I started sensing there has to be something else, something more to my day-to-day life than this. I felt desperate to do something different. And it was my first time I remember asking the universe for something. I called out to the universe and I remember my precise words were, universe, show me something to wake me up. So a few days later, my call was answered. I was lining up in a Starbucks early in the morning, as always, getting my morning coffee to get my day started. And in the corner of my eyes, I notice a flyer just sitting there on like a counter somewhere. For whatever reason, I decided I wanted to pick it up. As I looked at it, it was um, an advertising material from a charitable organization. On the front of this flyer, it says, run a marathon and fundraise for cancer. Now, at this time, I was still occasionally a smoker of cigarettes, and I didn't exercise at all. If anything, I really just spent most of my days working. So initially, it felt really out of the question that I would be interested at something like this, but something woke up in me, and I attended the info session that was held the next evening. During the info session, I sat beside a lady and I started talking to her. I asked her, have you ran a marathon before? She said, yes. And I said, well, how long did it take you to finish your run? She said, four and a half hours. I was shocked. Four and a half hours? Who with the right mind would do that to themselves? Well, that was my initial reaction, but then things change. Um, by the end of the info session, I decided I wanted to sign up for this. And how it started playing out was I was assigned to train with team. We would run together. We would fundraise together. And in a span of a few months, we were ready to run a marathon. And we each fundraised a few thousand dollars. Now, what was really special about this experience was training with this team of people. I got to know them. We fundraise together, we run together, we spent a lot of time together. Except for myself, everybody on that team had something in common. They were either battling cancer or they had lost somebody close to them due to cancer. I remember there was one guy who was undergoing chemotherapy treatment in between our runs. And there was this lady, and I remember this really clearly, she lost both of her parents due to cancer. What was unique was she told me her parents died on the same date, one year apart. And then there was another woman who lost her child because of cancer. 
What I didn't know I was signing up for was these very important life lessons. The first one was the importance of death, and the second one was the importance of opening my heart. While we were fundraising, there was this little boy who would come into the office every now and then. And I'm not talking about the law firm office. I'm talking about the charity's office. And he would come in for the purpose of inspiring us. He was five, and he was fighting cancer himself. But there was something so unforgettable about him. It was his presence. He was just so alive. It was infectious. You. Can just be around him, and you felt more alive as a result. This was a stark contrast to how I would feel when I was working at the law firm, or as I was witnessing my colleagues who were working in the office when we were doing our work and labeling other human beings as a file number, our cases, and assessing their life by money. There is a certain level of detachment. There is a level of not truly feeling alive that was palpable. So to witness this little five-year-old to have so much life in him, it was a wake-up call for me. And before we finished our training, I found out that he passed away. That really shook me to my core. Ironically, death was what taught me the value and purpose of life. It serves as a constant reminder for us to feel truly alive, and that in every moment of our breathing, in every moment of our life, there is a choice that we can make and to commit to, and it's a choice to feel alive in every moment, regardless of what we're doing. Death enforces gratitude. It is a reminder to be grateful for all of the moments and to make them count, regardless of what we're doing in that very moment. What that taught me about creation is that what we need to create with our life force is something that truly makes us alive, and ultimately, it has to create more love for ourselves. Or for other people. So to wrap up this personal story, one of the people that I met in the marathon, which I joyfully completed in four hours' time, a friend. Um, she eventually led me on a trip to Hawaii for the first time, and it was during that trip I decided I would move here. So this is where I live now, Hawaii.、Um, not only I had shifted my home, I ended up being in a very different practice area as a lawyer. So now I have my own business in estate planning, which is essentially working with others to prepare them for an orderly distribution of assets upon their deaths. I have also became certified as a death doula at some point. And as I previously mentioned earlier, I practice regressions, soul regressions, so that we may have an opportunity to really get to know our souls. A few years ago, I also did a TED talk on how to make peace with death. Most of my estate planning clients 
many of them quite elderly. They sit down and talk about dying or death for the first time when we meet. I consider my main job creating peace at all times for them. I realize now after this journey that one of my main purposes here as a soul has to do with guiding others through major transitions. So here I am now. I'm putting myself out there as a new earth guide through this planetary transition in upgrading our consciousness. And I know that my soul will continue to evolve and learn more about itself as I continue to consciously create as I am continually guided by my soul. So to bring us back to the question of what we're here to create, I also want to offer a little bit of spiritual wisdom, spiritual traditions of various kinds, as well as some ancient cultures and their creation myths. They share one thing similar. And there is this similar narrative that we are all created by this one infinite consciousness, the divine source or God. And source, we'll just call this source for now. And source did this, source created us, human souls, to experience what it's like to live in an individualized state of consciousness so that source can get to know itself as a separate being. In a metaphysical sense then, that's why we're here. We were created to experience life as source, but from a separate perspective, also forgetting that we were source to begin with. So life now is presenting us with this holographic playground created by source, where we get to play with all these other individualized consciousness also known as other human souls. And we will play in all these different roles, like they would be your family, spouse, kids, enemies, friends. Yet at the end of the day, we were all destined to come to the final realization that we are one to begin with. We all came from source. From this higher perspective, we are then here to create anything that allows us to learn more about ourselves as a soul and as source, the ultimate creator. This goes back to me mentioning how it's important that we have to create things that makes us feel alive. And of course, it doesn't have to be things. It could be moments. It could be emotions. But also, it's important to create from a place of love. The kind of stuff that we may want to consider creating usually shows up as something that takes us outside of our comfort zones. There's usually an element of unknown in it. Remember, that's why Source created us. Source created out of love, but also... Creating a separate consciousness presents an element of the unknown. And that's how source gets to really know itself. New Earth is about creating without any reservations. New Earth supports us in coming into our power and knowing who we are as creators. It also presents us with opportunities to really see what's within ourselves that have been limiting us all along. What are we still believing in that 
puts kind of a ceiling over what we allow ourselves to create. With new earth energy supporting us now, we own our own beliefs and we see them for what they are and we know that we have the ability to let them go as they don't serve our highest good. And we need to make a commitment. We need to commit to listening to our souls over everything else. This is the path to knowing ourselves and our true powers. The other day, my friend and I were chatting and we had a conversation about relationships. She asked me why I'm not sharing this stuff on my podcast. And I said, this podcast comes from my soul. And my soul wants to talk about new earth and share that with everyday people. It's not setting out to entertain others. It's not setting out to have other people know me as a human. I'm not trying to make myself more likable or popular. Contrary to what the world may be saying about how to get more followers on Instagram or monetizing content, etc., etc., I created this podcast from my soul's inspiration to share. And if other things happen, such as followers and money, as a natural result, great. I'm not going to object to them. From a higher perspective, however, there is one thing that I know deep in my soul. I know that in creating this, I'm not just creating this for other listeners. Whenever we create anything from our souls, the universe is listening. We may never know at the very moment where the creation leads us, but it will very likely have ripple effects that reaches beyond time. And that's the fun of it. Having said all of that, I am so very interested in hearing about what your feelings are. It's my first podcast and I was actually never somebody who listened to podcasts before creating this. So if you have any comments or questions, please feel free to let me know by sharing feedback on whichever listening platform that you utilize. Thank you so much for being here, listening, and sharing this soul's creation with me. Until next time, aloha.